0: Mr. Chief Justice and Senators, let's turn to President Trump's efforts to stop witnesses from testifying. No other president facing impeachment has taken the extreme step to prohibit executive witnesses, branch witnesses from testifying before Congress. Even President Nixon, who famously attempted to defy a subpoena for tape recordings of his conversations he let his most senior staff testify before Congress. Now, I remember listening on TV as John Dean testified before the Senate Watergate Committee. He was the president's lawyer. President Nixon didn't block him. Not only did President Nixon allow his staff to testify before Congress, he publicly directed them to testify and without demanding a subpoena. Actually, with the Senate Watergate investigation, President Nixon said, and this is a quote all members of the White House staff will appear voluntarily when requested by the committee. They will testify under oath and they will answer fully all proper questions. Now, compare to President Trump. He publicly attacked the House's impeachment inquiry, calling it, quote, constitutionally invalid and he ordered every single person working in the executive branch to defy the House impeachment inquiry. As just discussed in the letter to the Speaker of the House, the White House counsel said that President Trump, quote, cannot permit his administration to participate. No president ever used the official power of his office to prevent witnesses from giving testimony to Congress in such a blanket and indiscriminate manner. There's no telling how many government officials would have come forward if the president hadn't issued this order. Let's look at some of the witnesses who followed the president's orders. The House issued subpoenas to compel the testimony of three officials at the Office of Management and Budget. Acting Director Russell Vaught, Associate Director Michael Duffy, and Associate Director Michael McCormick. Now, according to the testimony in the House, which was reinforced by emails recently revealed through the Freedom of Information Act lawsuits, OMB was just central to the President's hold on security assistance to Ukraine. Its officials served as conduits for the White House to implement the hold without directly engaging the agencies that actually supported release of the aid. President Trump directed these three OMB officials to violate their legal obligation by defying lawful subpoenas, and they followed his orders. This isn't just an argument. It's a fact. In response to House subpoenas, the OMB sent a letter to Chairman Schiff refusing to comply. And this is what the letter said. As directed by the White House Counsel's October 8, 2019 letter, OMB will not participate in this partisan and unfair impeachment inquiry. In that simple statement, OMB admitted several key points. First, Mr. Cepolini's letter of October 8, was an official directive from the White House. Second, President Trump's blanket order applied to OMB and the three officials subpoenaed by the House. Third, President Trump's blanket order not only directed them to refuse to participate voluntarily, it also directed them to defy House subpoenas. Fourth, President Trump's blanket order directly prevented the three OMB officials from providing testimony to the House. There is no question about the scope of President Trump's order. It was total. There is no question about the intent of the order. It was clearly understood by administration officials as shown by OMB. And there's no question the order had an impact. It directly prevented the House from getting testimony from the three senior officials at OMB. So here we are. The President of the United States issued an official order forbidding every single person who works for the executive branch of our government from giving testimony to the House as part of an impeachment investigation. That order prevented the House from getting testimony from witnesses who knew about the President's conduct. The matter is simple, it's plain to see. The question we here in Congress must ask is whether we're prepared to turn a blind eye to a president's obstruction. Obstruction not only of oversight, but also the power to determine whether Congress may gather evidence in an impeachment proceeding. If the Senate is prepared to accept that, it will mean not, that not only President Trump, all presidents after him will have veto power over Congress's ability to conduct oversight and the power of impeachment. The House was not prepared to accept that, and that's why the House approved Article II. As you consider what you think about this, please know that President Trump's blanket order was not the end of his campaign to obstruct the impeachment inquiry. Actually, it was just the beginning. In addition to his total ban of government witnesses, President Trump also sent specific explicit orders. He directed key witnesses to defy subpoenas and to refuse to testify as part of the House's impeachment inquiry. As you know, the House subpoenaed Acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney. We wanted his testimony. At a White House press briefing in October, I know you've seen it before, Mr. Mulvaney confirmed what we had suspected. Mr. Mulvaney admitted that President Trump withheld the aid to pressure Ukraine into announcing an investigation into the conspiracy theory that Ukraine interfered in the 2016 elections. Here's his words. Did he also mention to me in the past the the, the corruption related to the DNC server? Absolutely. No question about that. Um, But that's it, and that's why we held up the money. After this really stunning admission, the House issued a subpoena to require Mr. Mulvaney to testify. But on the day of Mr. Mulvaney's scheduled deposition, the White House sent a letter to his personal attorney. It prohibited from obeying the subpoena. And the letter said, quote, The President directs Mr. Mulvaney not to appear at the committee's scheduled deposition. When he issued this order, President Trump doubled down on his previous blanket order. He did so after the House voted to approve Resolution 660, which, in no uncertain terms, made clear that Mr. Mulvaney was being subpoenaed to testify in an impeachment investigation. This order was the first of many. President Trump also ordered another White House official, Robert Blair, not to testify. Mr. Blair is Mr. Mulvaney's senior advisor and his closest aide. He was involved in communications about the hold on Ukraine aid. The day after his initially scheduled deposition, Mr. Blair's personal attorney sent a letter to the House. It said, quote, Mr. Blair has been directed by the White House not to appear and testify. The House also wanted testimony from John Eisenberg, the senior attorney on President Trump's National Security Council. As you've heard over the past few days, key witnesses, including Dr. Hill, Lieutenant Colonel Vidman, said they were concerned by President Trump's efforts to pressure Ukraine. They were told to report these concerns to Mr. Eisenberg. On the day before his scheduled deposition, the White House sent a letter to Mr. Eisenberg's personal attorney. It said, quote, that President directs Mr. Eisenberg not to appear at the committee's deposition. Now, that language is starting to sound familiar. Mr. Eisenberg's personal attorney then sent a letter to the House. The letter said this. Under these circumstances, Mr. Eisenberg has no other option that is consistent with his legal and ethical obligations except to follow the direction of his client and employer, the President of the United States. Accordingly, Mr. Eisenberg will not be appearing for a deposition at this time. Now, that language, I think, is important, and it's telling It shows that President Trump's order left Mr. Eisenberg with, quote, no other option that is consistent with his legal and ethical obligations. By directing him to defy a lawful subpoena, President Trump created a legal and ethical problem for Mr. Eisenberg. I'm sure you know contempt of Congress can be punished as a criminal offense. It carries a possible sentence of up to 12 months in jail. No president has ever dared during an impeachment inquiry to officially and explicitly order government witnesses to defy House subpoenas. You don't have to consider high-minded constitutional principles to understand why this was wrong. It's simple, really. By ordering specific government officials to defy congressional subpoenas, President Trump forced those officials to choose between submitting to the demands of their boss, or break the law. Nobody should abuse a position of power in that way. But President Trump specifically ordered all three of these senior White House officials, Mulvaney, Blair, Eisenberg, to defy the House's subpoenas and refuse to testify. President Trump's efforts to conceal his actions didn't stop there, and they didn't stop at the front door of the White House. No less than 12 other witnesses were specifically ordered not to testify. One of those witnesses, Ulrich Breckbull, hasn't been highlighted much over the past few days, but the way he fits into the story is worth noting. Mr. Breckbull is a senior official at the State Department. Like these other senior officials, he was ordered not to testify. In a letter to the House, his attorney said, quote, Mr. Breckwell has received a letter of instruction from the State Department directing that he not appear. Mr. Breckbull is still another person who could shed light on President Trump's actions. He was kept updated on Rudy Giuliani's broader efforts in Ukraine, he had first-hand knowledge of Secretary Pompeo's involvement. For one thing, he handled Ambassador Yovanovitch's recall From Ukraine, though he refused to meet with her in the aftermath. Also, messages by Ambassador Volker show that Mr. Breckbull knew about Mr. Giuliani's efforts in the the Ukraine as they occurred. On July 10th, ambassadors Taylor, Volker, and Sondland discussed Rudy Giuliani's uh, push abroad. While discussing the problems Rudy was creating by meddling in official US foreign policy, Ambassador Taylor noted that he quote, briefed Ulrich this afternoon. Also on August 11th, Ambassador Sondland emailed Mr. Breckbull to ask him to brief Secretary Pompeo on a statement he was negotiating with President Zelensky, the aim of quote, making the boss happy enough to authorize an invitation. Ambassador Sondland wrote to him, quote, and I negotiated a statement from Z to be delivered for our review in a day or two. The contents will hopefully make the boss happy enough to authorize an invitation. Now, State Department Executive Secretary Lisa Kenna answered Ambassador Sondland several hours later, letting him know that she'd pass that information on to Secretary Pompeo. Let's consider and pause here why this message to Mr. Breckbull, which the State Department continues to conceal, is important. In this exchange, Ambassador Sondland told Breckbull that he had negotiated a deal to get President Zelensky to make a statement, and that Sondland hoped that the promised statement would, quote, make the boss happy enough to authorize an invitation. It shows that senior State Department leadership, including Secretary Pompeo, were quite aware of the deal to trade an invitation to the White House for a statement from President Zelensky. Indeed, Ambassador Sondland confirmed that he kept them in the loop. Here's his testimony. We kept the leadership of the State Department and the NSC informed of our activities. And that included communications with Secretary of State Pompeo, his counselor, Ulrich Brechtbull, his executive secretary, Lisa Kenna, and also communications with Ambassador Bolton, Dr. Hill, Mr. Morrison, and their staff at the NSC. They knew what we were doing and why. Eight other witnesses were also ordered not to testify as part of the house's impeachment inquiry but those eight witnesses came forward anyway despite the president's efforts to prevent them from testifying all of the following witnesses were told not to testify ambassador marie yovanovich ambassador gordon sondland Deputy, deputy assistant secretary of state george kent ambassador bill taylor Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense Laura Cooper, Deputy Associate Director at OMB Mark Sandy, State Department Official Catherine Croft, and State Department Official Christopher Anderson. Each of these eight witnesses followed the law. They obeyed House subpoenas and they testified before the House. In all, we know that by issuing the blanket order and later specific orders, President Trump prevented at least 12 current or former administration officials from testifying during the House's impeachment inquiry. He specifically forced nine of those witnesses to defy duly authorized subpoenas. The facts are straightforward and they're not in dispute. First, in the history of our republic, no president ever dared to issue an order to prevent even a single government witness from testifying in an impeachment inquiry. Second, President Trump abused the power of his office by using his official power in an attempt to prevent every single person who works in the executive branch from testifying before the House. Finally, President Trump's orders in fact prevented the House from obtaining key witness testimony from at least 12 current or former government officials. President Trump's orders were clear. They were categorical, they were indiscriminate, and they were wrong. They prevented key government witnesses from testifying. There's no doubt. That's obstruction, plain and simple.